Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Michael Roderick. So what was the opportunity? So presented itself to you that got you your first big producing gig. Yeah. So I had done a bunch of shows on this sort of smaller level. And there was a panel that was being presented of Broadway producers. And all these producers kind of came in and they spoke. And after the panel, as is almost always the case with a panel, everybody sort of lined up to talk to these people. And I happen to know the venue and I happen to know the general manager of the venue, this woman who basically spent her time managing that venue and often was the one who people just like didn't treat, you know, often very well because she was the one they would come to for the complaints or the issues with the venue. But I had always, I actually go back to my teaching, right? I basically would be the one to make friends with the janitor, right? And my very first job when I was in high school, my very, very first job was as a dishwasher at a family restaurant in Rhode Island. And what I often like to say is that once you've cleaned other people's food and the trash off of other people's plates, you'll never look down at anybody for the rest of your life. And I would always, no matter what position people were in, I would treat them really well. And I'd I'd have conversations with them because we're people at the end of it, right? So I'm standing there and she just leans over to me and says, you know what? Everybody's trying to get to these people, but they're going to be at our Christmas party. And two weeks later, I get an invite to the Christmas party. So I'm at the Christmas party and I see one of the producers that was on that panel. And I'll never forget this because I had the most important conversation with myself that I ever had. And that was up until this point, I very rarely ever interrupted anybody. If they were speaking, I would wait around. I would, you know, all these different types of things. But I was producing a show that night and I had about 15 minutes at that party. So I didn't have the time to basically wait around and see if she was going to be open later on. So I had the conversation of, if you don't go and interrupt this conversation, you might as well forget about having a producing career. And I walked up to her and I interrupted And I said, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I saw you on the panel and I thought that you were just really fantastic. 
Uh, and it's been a career that I've always been really interested in and would love to just hear more about it. And she asked me, tell me about yourself. Tell me about what you do. And when I told her I was a teacher, that was what sparked her interest. So she asked me a bunch of questions about teaching and we were talking. And then she said, what are you doing tomorrow night? So, well, you know, I'm on the wait list for a show. And she said, nope, you're coming with me. And she invited me to a cocktail party with a bunch of members of the Broadway League. And that's where I met a number of major Broadway producers who basically said, yeah, happy to grab coffee and chat and sort of have more conversations. And that's really how I got into the industry. Oh, what a powerful story, Michael. It reminds me of a philosophy that I have landed on over the last several years since starting Time for Coffee and interviewing incredible professionals like yourself. And that is what I call the role of magic in our mm. life. Mm. Some people might call it serendipity. I call it magic because I have this mnemonic with M's. <laughs> <laughs> and the more that I hear stories like yours, the more I am convinced that things happen in our life at all different times. But I speak specifically to our college students and our young professionals in our audience today. We cannot look in our magic globe, in our, uh, what is that globe that fortune tellers use? That ball, the glass. Crystal ball. Crystal ball. There you go. Yeah. We can't look in a crystal ball and say, you're going to meet this person at such and such a time. And that person is going to change your life. That person is going to open a door for you that you didn't even know existed. But it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> if you put yourself out there, <laughs> if you put yourself out there and go to those events, Go to those parties. And I recognize over the last 18 months, we're doing this interview in the middle of June 2020. That has not been possible to go out there, but hopefully that is behind us now. Put yourself in situations where magical encounters can happen. Because it's another reason why I say, don't worry. Don't worry too much about planning your life. Think about the first year or two. What do I want to do for the first year or two after I graduate to try it out? Because magic will happen. You will have these experiences that will move you in a direction that you could not have anticipated. Yeah. And I often, I've had a lot of conversations with college students and with even high school students over, over the years. And one of the things that I think is so important that is often forgotten about is that you may have sort of that sense as a college student that, or even a high school student that like, why would somebody talk to me? Right. And there's this dynamic of thinking, well, you know, this is like, I'm kind of like, why would they bother? Like, where's my power and all of this? And I like to bring up the fact that this is probably the most powerful position that you will ever be in in your life. Because people love to mentor others at this stage of their life. They love that aspect. 
because you are at this point full of possibility. You are not in another career, right? Like you are not trying to ship things. Like you are in this moment in your life that is loaded with possibility and good mentors want to have those conversations. So I'll often say, this is the time to reach out to anybody that you admire, to anybody that you're excited about talking to. And one little mindset shift that I find is very, very useful in this, I call it the tennis novice versus the tennis pro approach. And basically, the tennis novice, if they miss a shot, the game is over. Because in many, many cases, they're now in their head the whole time that it didn't work and they didn't do it and all of these different types of things. And the reason for that is that the tennis novice is a slave to the product. If they don't receive the product, if they don't get the thing that they want, everything's over. Their world is crushed. Whereas a tennis pro misses a shot and the tennis pro misses a shot and says, okay, I missed a shot. What can I learn? Where was I standing? Where was the other person standing? And even if the tennis pro loses the game, they go back and they watch the game and they look at where those things are because they know that there's another opportunity. And that's because the tennis pro is a student of the process. And if you make yourself a student of the process instead of a slave to the product, then failure is no longer failure. It is new information. And the second that you have new information, you can start to think about what are the variables, what are the other ways to do things. And this is how I went out and raised money for Broadway shows. This is how I built entrepreneurial ventures. This is how I reached out to people who I you know, thought would never respond to me because I approached it from that aspect of being a student of the process. And if it didn't work, I didn't say, oh man, it, it didn't work. It's about me. I said, okay, there is a variable that I do not recognize yet, that I do not understand yet. So what other variables can I test? What other things can I tweak? And that's how pretty much any time I've tried to work on something, build something, make something happen, I've approached it from that angle. What a beautiful example. And this is another way, my friends, of thinking about what is known as the growth mindset. Your mistakes, your fails are lessons that you learn. And I assure you, oftentimes those fails lead to bigger success if you have that pro mindset, that growth mindset. I love that, Michael. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.